Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, Google Play, SoundCloud, get it automatically. If you use the Stitcher app, you can find it there as well. Rate, review the show, five stars, wherever you listen to the episodes. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Twitter is my first sketch. Usually on Instagram, I post over to the Philly Sketch Fest page. Head to myfirstsketch.com where I'll post any of the videos that we talk about on today's episodes. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, my email's there. It's josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. We're about a month away from Philly Sketch Fest. Between the Sketch Comedy Film Festival, the Podcast Mixer, and four nights of live shows, there's so much to be excited about this year's Sketch Fest. Check out Philly Sketch Fest all over the internet and social media for more information. And a lot of stuff is also going to go up on MyFirstSketch.com, too. I mentioned it before. If you head to MyFirstSketch.com and sign up for the newsletter right there on the front page, you'll be entered into a drawing for a Sketch Comedy Prize Pack. We'll do the drawing right before the festival. Uh, There might be books. There might be DVDs. Other little trinkets. Haven't really fully decided on everything yet. Mostly books. But I think it's a really cool thing. It's something I would want. Today's guest is Kate Shine. Kate Shine is coming to Philly Sketch Fest with her character showcase and with her sketch group, Milwaukee. Her first sketch is called Natural Birth. Kate reads the roles of Ida, who is the expectant mother, and Frisia, who is the midwife. I read the role of Tom, the expectant father, and I'll give you any visual information in the stage directions that you would need to know. So let's go to the sketch. Tom and Ida are waiting to be seen. Ida is very, very pregnant. How are you feeling? Okay, just a lot of pressure. There's still time to go to a real hospital if you want to rethink this. We've been over this, Tom. I want our baby's first moments to be peaceful. I feel very safe here. Whatever you need. Frisia, the midwife, enters. Namaste, shalom, hello, welcome to Clandestine Canyon Naturopathic Birthing Center. I am Frisia, and I will be your midwife today. Now, which of you is our mother-to-be? Shouldn't that be pretty obvious? We, d- we don't make assumptions here. As my mentor David used to say, we don't make assumptions here. Wow, uh, did you meet him at an ashram or something? He was my boss at California Pizza Kitchen. Ow! Tom! Ida, are you okay? Is she okay? That's not a question either of us can answer for her. Shouldn't you be helping her? Also, we don't say should here. There's a poster somewhere with all the rules. Frisia turns to Ida. Ida, I'm going to ask you to position yourself on the ground with your womb facing Mecca. Are, Are you Muslim? No, but one time I saw a guy who was. I think. Frisia helps Ida to the ground. Next, I'm going to place your feet a little further than hip width apart so I can get a good look at your flower. <gasps> what is it? Did you know you have one red pubic hair? It's very special. Are you even a doctor? Don't be rude, Tom. Naturopathic birthing specialist. It's quite clear on my name tag. Oh my god, Tom. I think it's coming right now. 
I'm here with you, honey. Just breathe. Like they taught us in Lamaze class. He, he, who, who, he, he, who, who. I could stop you there. While your impression of a ghost about to climax is very funny, I mean it, very good observational type of stuff. I question the moment you busted out at this moment. Please, Tom, you know I'm scared of sexualized ghosts. It's not a, it's it's what they taught us to do in the class. Okay, okay, well, Tom puts his very good but highly inappropriate impression away. I'm going to see how we're moving along. What? What? You guys, that was the grossest thing I've ever seen. Is she okay? I don't know. Is it supposed to look like that? You tell me. But I, I, I've never seen a vagina before. It's my first day and this place used to be a California pizza kitchen and they forgot to fire me. But your name tag. I can't see it under this scarf. You have to do something. Oh, fine, but I'll, I'll leave you to your weird ghost impression again. Chaos ensues as Ida gives birth and Frida does a terrible job of delivering the baby. <laughs> We did it! Wow! That was pretty hairy for a minute there. I I definitely did most of the heavy lifting, and Tom here was seriously no help at all. But, like, we did it. So what happens now? Do I keep it? And blackout. Hey, Kate. Hi, hello. So, tell me where this idea came from. Tell me about natural birth. Um, the idea came from. I I actually had a friend that worked in um like a natural um I, I forget what it was called. She worked in a center with doulas. Um, and she was one of these friends that I saw like you know from me from high school saw like every like you know Christmas when I would go home, and I was just kind of like, oh, that's that's fun. But I it was a world that I knew nothing about. Um, and I just kind of was imagining um some of the people that might work there, literally knowing nothing about it, doing no Googling at all. Um, <laughs> so I was just sort of imagining these sort of, um, I, I kind of just took like an idea for uh, sort of like a character that might work there. Um, but then I was like, oh, what if someone like didn't really know anything about that? I'm basically like, what if I worked there? <laughs> <laughs> what if, yeah, like, what if I really uh, just worked there and knew nothing about it, um, which would be a terrible idea. Um, so yeah. And then honestly, sometimes when I have like a, an idea for a name that kind of helps me, like this name, like Frisia, I think, which was like a scent at like Bath and Body Works at one point. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think it's like, a, yeah, I, I know from like potpourris and like yeah. candles. <laughs> yeah, so I think also the name was something that I had for like an idea for a name at one point. And I was like, oh, that would like, sometimes I have ideas for character names that like don't really fit anywhere. And <laughs> another thing that like popped into my head, I was like, oh, that's, that's like really silly and dumb. Um, yeah, it's very perfect for that naturalistic crunchy hippie kind of character yeah but also like it's like super fake <laughs> like she definitely gave it to herself because she thought it would be she, she saw it on a thing a potpourri or a candle it, somewhere exactly she saw it in like a natural food store and was like sounds good it's but it's like not authentic <laughs> um yeah uh was this ever performed this was yeah i performed it with my um my my first indie sketch team, this would have been back in like 2013, 2014. Um, okay. We were called Nerds on Fire and we performed 
Uh, we we would have performed it a bunch of times at like the pit and then stand up New York, um, possibly at like under St. Mark's. Um, we had like a couple of like regular haunts that we would perform at. And at the time we kind of had like a standard set that we would travel with. Um, Mm -hmm. one of the ones that was like very low tech, (laughs) we just had like, you know, three people. So, um, so it was just very, um, very easy to travel with. Yeah, I don't I don't do that very well with taking having sketches that are easy to travel with. Yeah, like some of our other ones back in the beginning, like I remember one of it was like this and like two other ones that were like my first couple ones that I wrote. My and another one had like six tech cues and we were like, Well, we literally can't take this anywhere. Yeah. Uh so this one was very easy to do. Uh okay, so let's go back to the beginning. What were you into growing up? What was your like comedy fandom? What was your like what was the first thing that really made you see comedy as something oh special um, yeah um so like well I used to always watch the Simpsons with my dad that was like a big one um but the but the one that was like like the thing that was special to me was for sure like whatever Comedy Central was playing like in the like late 90s early aughts because they used to play like reruns of SNL reruns of Conan um reruns of kids in the hall or maybe they were just playing mm-hmm. kids in the hall actually <laughs> it was just on tv back then um, they, they would have been reruns at that point yeah okay um because i remember like I, I would just i just kind of would like nerd out on comedy and so i was like a huge sherry o'terry fan and i just mm-hmm. lived for whatever she was doing um and they would have yeah so comedy central would play reruns and she had this one character she did uh morning latte and that yep. was like i was obsessed with that and i knew like every line and i had this one friend and we would like you know like reenact it in the halls and i felt like nobody else really cared about it except for like me and my like best friend in like seventh grade or whatever it was um and that and like there was all these like big like character driven films around that time too, like austin powers and the nutty professor and that i feel like they don't mm. really make anymore <laughs> Um, so a lot of that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it already and I ask everybody cause I'm always curious. Mm-hmm. I, who is Sherry O'Terry going to be your favorite SNL cast member all time? Um, all time. Or has someone else taken over or, um, let's think. I mean, she's definitely the one that I, I think of as the most influential for me. Like it's, it's probably between like her Molly Shannon and I mean I would I would say it's either her or Molly Shannon when I just think of most like like I like like I sort of like like shaped me as a person Mm. like I I definitely just ripped off Molly Shannon like for like (laughs) shows and stuff and I was like I just was like oh no this was like my idea I just reinterpreted it (laughs) um yeah and I didn't really like know that I was completely stealing like mary Catherine gallagher <laughs> uh, i was like oh i have to like, come up with a character for this uh talent show and i just was like completely doing her shtick um and like yeah yeah like eighth grade or something like that at like a camp talent show people would come up to me after and be like oh that was really funny and i was like yep um i know it was just really good i just i'm just really funny i guess yeah uh eventually my own episode of this podcast will come out and my first sketch, the first thing I ever tried to write to be funny 
was stealing Delicious Dish. <laughs> oh, yeah. And turning it into two guys because oh, it was going to be me and a buddy doing it. So we said that, the, you know, the two women were off like at a psych ward or something because they had broken, broken down and we were taking over the show. Yeah. But yeah, so I was totally stealing that character too. Oh, totally. Like in, I even think of like movies I saw that I would just sort of like try and like write myself into. I like, <laughs> hadn't learned how to like create my own ideas yet. I was like, oh, like what if like they had a like a friend or a sidekick and it was just, it was also just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you'd always want it from a pretty early age to get involved in comedy and, and perform. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I totally knew that it was comedy. I, I, I always was like, oh, I want to be an actor. But I didn't realize it was comedy that I wanted to focus on until like um, after college even. Uh, I don't think I knew comedy was like a real possibility for a job, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that like the people on SNL or like the people writing for like 30 Rock were like, comedians um or even the people acting in commercials were like you know people that you know did did stand up or did sketch comedy or improv or whatever I just didn't that for some reason I didn't like know that that was like a path you could take Mm -hmm. um and like I totally wish I had that knowledge earlier I think I maybe would have just like not gone to college (laughs) (laughs) like saved some time and money (laughs) um but yeah I have definitely always wanted to do this and I think specifically comedy I always loved playing the funny role always did way better at it than um like any my parents always joked like if we have to sit through one more production of a midsummer night's dream like i swear to god we're not gonna make it so you did like all like the high school productions and oh yeah i did a lot of uh like productions of like fiddler on the roof and um did a lot of shakespeare um yeah, I just, I just wanted to be on stage. I just like wanted to perform. I did like choir and all that stuff. Did you have, do you have a favorite like Shakespeare uh, play or role? Favorite role I played was probably, well, it's only, it's probably a comedic role. I, I was in Love's Labor's Lost in college and I played Moth, who's this like young boy <laughs> and he's like the sidekick to um i think the character's name is don armado and i had to learn to play ukulele <laughs> um mm. and it was just super fun and silly um yeah it was just it was a blast like i just got to do all these like it honestly like i thought about sherry oteri a lot when i was doing it because i thought about like how the way her and will ferrell like interacted with the cheerleaders and i just did a lot of physical stuff and um I thought about this one sketch where she's playing like the little like runt uh, of the litter kind of uh, character in this West Side Story sketch that they did. Like, oh, the um, the one where is it is it the one with like Norm Macdonald? Like, why are we dancing? Who? When did you guys learn how to dance? Is that I that sketch? So yeah, like it's it's this, this one moment that she has. But I'm like, I looked like her in the wig that she, they put me in, mm. <laughs> and I was and, yeah, I just felt very like, oh, this is there was just like an opportunity for a lot of comedy and it was just, and it ended up being just a great um, showcase for, for me comedically in a play that it's one of Shakespeare's comedies, but you know, Shakespeare, they're not like super funny most of the time. Yeah. Um, there's like a couple characters here and there that are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like what you make it, you know? And so luckily we were able to like put some comedy into it. And I was like, I was kind of like realizing at that time in college, I was like, Oh, I'm like way better at comedy. Like, then I, I knew at the time, like I didn't realize 
that it was like such a strength for me until I was like given these roles. And I was like, Oh, it's like, it's like easier for me than I thought it would be. Like, I just kind of know what to do to make something funny. And, um, hmm. and, and then this random thing being thrown at me where I had to like learn how to play an instrument where I was like, I was like, okay, this is happening also. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know how to play I, other things? I like knew some piano and like, a little guitar um and so like and i i sing some as well so like all they say like all string instruments are kind of the same which yeah um which is kind of true so it wasn't like as hard as i thought it would be um if you put one in front of me right now i would like not know what to do with it <laughs> um but yeah it was it was not like that hard to learn actually it's only i think it's like three or four strings or something yeah it's teeny tiny so it wasn't yeah it wasn't that bad uh, did you go to school, uh, to go to college for theater or? Yeah, I did. I got a BFA in acting from university of Connecticut. Fancy. <laughs> How is the, the theater program at the university of Connecticut? I, I found it to be great. I loved it. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a great time. Um, and I mean, yeah, they had like a bunch of different spaces. They had like a little black box theater and then they had like a big, um, you know, thrust stage. So I, I found out that I had like a lot of opportunities there and just, I had a great time. Um, and then you move to New York and it's like, you're back to these like little, like teeny tiny theaters for like the fridge festival and stuff. Mm. All right. So after, so I'm assuming right after college, you moved to New York from there. Yeah, like... I did like two weeks later. Um, mm. I, was able to find some uh, job like uh, selling beer at like concerts in Central Park. So I just moved here as soon as I could. Nice. Uh, what What's your first step when you get to New York to pursue? Uh, well, like, yeah. Yeah. What's your first step when you get to New York about pursuing, I guess, comedy? Like, yeah. Or, or how long did it take you to realize that comedy was more your jam? Um, it, it took me about like four ish years. Um, oh goodness. Doing like straight up. At, I was doing like regional theater um, for like, I was like, I got my equity par- card pretty quick. So I was like going away and doing regional shows. Uh, but one of my friends that I met at UConn um, started an indie comedy team. And one night at like a new year's party was like, Hey, I'm starting this thing. Um, I think you should be in it. He's like, you're funny. You should totally do this. And we're going to like write our own stuff. And I, I already booked us our first show at the pit. Um, you should totally like come to this meeting and check it out. And like, after that, I like, I had so much fun at the first meeting and I was like, I want to do this. This is, (laughs) I was like, this is so fun. I love it. And the idea of writing my own stuff was really scary to me. But when I started writing, I was like, I just kind of knew how to do it. And I was like, Oh, I was like, this is actually not so I, it wasn't as scary as I thought. And there was people on the team that I, I just kind of knew some of them I knew from college. Some of them I just knew from around New York. And I found that I knew how to write for them. Like Mm. I, I just found something I thought was funny and like fun about them that I was like, I just knew the kind of characters that they could play and I was like, oh, this makes sense all of a sudden. I just, it just was easier than I thought it would be. And I had all these ideas. And so I just started writing like a ton. Um, so from doing that first show, and then we we sold out the first show. And then we sold out the second show. And then they gave us like a, a monthly residency for like a year. Nice. Um, so 
yeah, from that, I just started meeting people at the pit. And then I was like being asked to do more and more shows. Um, uh, with your time, and I'm assuming this is Nerds on Fire. Yeah. So uh, while you're working with Nerds on Fire, do you do any of like, the comedy education things? Do you do any of the classes at the pit? Or I never seen anything at the pit, but I eventually did um, a couple classes at UCB. Okay. Yeah, I, do, I did two improv classes there which were great. I just was like, Oh, I'm I was like, I don't think I'm trying to get on like a Herald team. Um, yeah. which like, that's great. I think improv is super impressive, but I was like, I don't think that's what I want to do. Um, I eventually took, um, a character class, um, with Leslie Mizell Ellis, who is so brilliant. And that really changed stuff for me in terms of like, all of a sudden I knew how to write like a character set. Um, and like this past year I, I wrote my first solo show and it got, I was able to like get a, put a show up at UCB. And then like, I was able to like put together a JFL audition set and then like submit to Philly sketch fest. And then I was like, Oh, I'm starting to like know how to do this sort of thing. Um, and so that was really like a game changer for me was like knowing how to submit myself as a solo act. Hmm. And so that really helped. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your uh, let's talk about characters for a while. Like, what is something that you've you've learned from the that character class that you've been able to apply to creating characters? Like, I mean, because like to me, like a one person show like that of of creating multiple characters and just inhabiting these multiple spaces like feels daunting to me. In general, I mean, for me, the the daunting thing was the formatting of it, like. Because I guess because of my my background with with like going to college for acting and doing regional theater for so long, I'm like, okay, I know how to like switch characters. I know how to like find these truthful moments really quickly. But for me, just like the finding the game really quickly and really like boiling it down to like, okay, you have, you know, a minute to be like, this is the game and these are the, the beats really quickly. And like, what's funny really quickly because <laughs> you know mm. I, I I was not used to that sort of writing I was used to like reading plays and um yeah these like longer forms of, of writing so with, when I took a class on characters that helped me so much to just really like because with, with when you're writing a sketch it's like okay we have to get to what the game is on the first page you know first beat really quick and so with writing a character it was just like really just getting that um it was just helping me get more specific even faster and just showing me how to do that even just even more quickly and just like getting your jokes out there like even more um I don't know just just putting them like to the top of the first paragraph even um just showing me like what's important like how much like how much can you cut if you if they're like all right um like I've had auditions where like okay we need to see at least three characters in three minutes. And then you're like, Oh my God, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> but all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can do that. So for me, it was just about learning the form of it. Um, and then when it came to putting up like a half hour show where I was doing like seven characters and trying to make it like a narrative arc, um, that took some more work, <laughs> some more help, um, like finding a good director. But yeah, it was, it was just sort of, again, with, for me, it was all about like 
structure. Like I was like, I know what the, you know, what like the heartbeat of the show is or the heartbeat of each piece is, but find just finding like partner partners that know how to like, that are just like really, really confident and really no structure. Um, for me, yeah, for me, I guess it's been about like not being afraid to like ask for help and not being afraid to ask somebody to like look at your work and be like, hi, like I'm, I'm good at this one thing. Like you seem to have this other part of your brain that does the math structuring part of it. Well, <laughs> cause I'm, I guess I'm still learning that. So, you know, I, I, I still coach like, or, or still, I still work with a coach, um, who was my character teacher. Like I still work with, um, directors. Like I just still like ask people to like, look at my shit and be like, Hey, um, am I, what, what can I do better? Um, cause I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just still always trying to figure it out. Like how I can make it more succinct, make it pop more. Um, cause it is totally, it's totally daunting. And then you feel like you're like, Oh, I did a really good job here. And then you see someone that just fucking hits it out of the park. And you're like, Whoa. <laughs> um, which is, it's also like super inspiring. Cause you're like, okay, like I can, st- I can still grow. I can still get better. But you're like, how did they just do that? That was so funny. And so like, uh, it was just so tight. Um, so yeah, I'm always just still trying to figure it out. So yeah, I guess my, my thing is I just, I just still ask for help all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause like, I mean, you're coming from an actor acting background for sure. And it's vastly different to be working on this one character in this one play for weeks yeah. and putting it on for weeks and and then writing a one person show and inhabiting multiple characters like totally. it's a completely different muscle to flex yeah uh even even coming to like just sketch comedy in general i'm sure it was very different from being in you know plays and touring equity card stuff to doing multiple characters in one night a multi just quick boom 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 you have to like you can't be so like in that character's head or like I feel. Yeah. I mean like you can be like in their head for like a moment, but then it's just like done and <laughs> you might never. Yeah. You have to snap out of it like way quicker. Yeah. Which is like a weird feeling. Cause like I do like get super into it, but then all of a sudden it's like done and now you're doing like a sketch about like farts or whatever. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, now that's done. You're like, oh man, I really just like let it all out on that stage. And now it's, I, now I might like never ever do that again. Um, whereas yeah, when you're doing like a run of a show and you really get to like swim around in that character. Um, but I mean, I guess that's one of the things that's like cool about sketch comedy, but it's one of those things that you like, I mean, you got to just really like, you know, swing for the fences when you're going, cause you might never get to do that again. Um, but I, I mean, I get, I like to really, you know, I, that's one of the things about I, doing characters that are your own that you write for yourself. That's fun. Cause it's like, you get a chance to like try them again and see what works. Yeah. Um, to back out a little bit, because you had mentioned, you know, getting your equity card and doing some tours. What were some of the, the shows that you were in um, at touring around? Yeah. So, um, well, I didn't ever tour, but I did. Um, I did like regional theater at like um, Miami Theater Center right. in sure. Florida. I did um, I did an original play there called The Red Thread. Um, it was like this. Um, it was one of these theaters for young audiences shows or that was like the type of contract um so it was this uh, folk tale about like three sisters and one of them has to go on a quest to like try to find something to help her dad and um I was that so I was in Miami for like almost a year um because they brought me back to it again um and then I did uh a play 
uh, in Cape May, New Jersey for like one summer that was like, it, it was someplace that was from like 1910 <laughs> called like it pays to advertise. Hmm. And I played a, like a wisecracking secretary. Um, and then I was also doing, um, I mean, when I was at, at, at UConn, I was in, uh, like uh, getting more, more and more Shakespeare. Um, and that was with Connecticut Repertory Theater. Oh, and then I was in, um, an original play, uh, called the Parkville Project, which was in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, yeah, just a bunch of kind of like smaller shows. And then here in New York, I did like a children's play called, I was in, Rap- I was, I was Rapunzel and Rapunzel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. And, and you had also mentioned that like, uh, with your time with nerds on fire, mm-hmm. like you were really learning how to write on the fly and, and able to tailor. I'm going to, I'm going to assume this is like how it feels like you're able to tailor characters to the people within the group as you got to know them. Yeah. Yeah. Like just learning um, their voices. Um, yeah. We like, we just had um, a cool variety of people um, uh, of actors and comedians and, they all just had such different strengths and it was really fun to, to play into that. And we worked together for all, I don't know, I'd say like three years or so. Um, so yeah, I learned that I, I was able to kind of um, just play up certain people's um, like what they did well. Like, I mean, we had one girl who could, she could really, she could play really young. Like we could cast her as like a little girl or a little boy. She had this kind of zany energy and it was really fun to play into that. We had this one guy that always played, he was really good at playing voice of reason and it was really fun to um, cast him as that, but also kind of um, cast other characters um, or other actors as characters that kind of played into um, his sort of like voice of reason, um, like anxious, like white dude energy. (laughs) Um, Mm. And yeah, we just had like, it was this, this interesting sort of experience being like, Oh, like I don't, cause with characters you're writing for yourself. And then with writing with a group of people, you can just sort of see what, how it's fun to just like push them to see what they can do. Yeah, for sure. Like I haven't been in a sketch group in a very long time, like specifically like, you know, with the same group of people for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, but once I had known those people, you know, writing to that specific thing, like, when I, you know, when I was writing something, I knew very specifically, like, oh, this dude's playing this role because, like, he's he's obviously the one that's gonna do this best of the the seven of us, like, and that's like it, for me that makes everything so much easier, yeah. like, when you when you have the group of people, and you know, who can do this best, mm-hmm, like, totally. Um. So, did how did uh, nerds on fire run its course then so unless it's too like oh no no it's fine um <laughs> i mean a lot of us are still doing comedy um i think there's i feel like there's only like one or two people that that really aren't um doing comedy or performing at all actually um yeah i think i think it just became like very hard with scheduling um we we ended up towards the, like our last year performing because we were doing a lot of like for like two years we were performing pretty much monthly and then like the like the third year there ended up only being like four or five of us that could always like make it work scheduling wise and 
yeah, that just became really hard. And so it seemed like a couple people were like still really dedicated. And then we had a couple people that it was really hard to make work. We were trying to like, we like, we like subbed in people that weren't on yeah. the team a couple times and we're like, Oh, this is hard. And then, um, yeah, people were like, like, I know for myself, I started like looking at house team auditions <laughs> at places that were like, at like, um, like I'm on a house team at the magnet theater now. Um, and so, yeah, that was like, okay, I think a couple of us are ready to like take that next step from indie team to house team where it's just where someone else is doing the like producing and the, all that for you. Um, and so that was sort of when we just kind of dissolved, but everybody still is very on very good terms. <laughs> okay. So it, it was just a run this course thing. There was no like massive oh, blowout yeah, no, yeah, no fight. No, or, totally not. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you mentioned a house team at the Magnets. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, all right. So within the process of, of Milwaukee, like, are you writing with Milwaukee? Yeah, I am a writer performer. Okay. Is everyone in Milwaukee a writer performer? No, there's uh, three of us that are. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like. So there is a, a, a writing staff and a cast, like, yeah, with a couple yeah, overlapping like, people. Kind of like half writers, half performers, and then three of us are doing both. Okay. Yeah. Um, so tell me about Milwaukee then. Like, what's the, how would you pitch Milwaukee, like the style that you all. Yeah. I mean, I think Milwaukee is just like, it feels just super silly. I, I feel like I'm just like laughing to like cry in the writer's room a lot. Everybody is, everyone is really in love with each other. Um, we have like a very active slack is one thing I would mention. I'd be like, um, we get the giggles a lot. Um, yeah, we're real. We're really, we're really silly. We're really fun. Um, there's like a ton of women on the team. So a lot of our sketches have to do with, um, with, uh, being a woman and, um, with, uh, with sexuality and with, um, just poking fun at men with, the, with poking fun at the patriarchy. We have a lot of men that are really game to, to play with that, which is great. Um, so yeah, you're just going to get like a really like fun, silly, um, like lady centric show. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I don't think I got like the vibe of lady centric though. Like it's just something that I've noticed. I think because um, even though like we have like we've three we've three guys on our team, um, I just feel like they're all. I feel like they were like raised with really good moms or something. <laughs> um, like I don't know they we just we throw a lot at them and they're just like down to like I the latest sketch I wrote is like about tampons and like we just have a lot of sketches that are like it's just a different writer's room than previous ones I've been in. And maybe that's just speaks from other teams that I've been on or something. Yeah. Right. Maybe. So maybe I just noticed it as like a later audition to the team. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like how, I mean, if you're mentioning that, like was the, how was the makeup of nerves on fire versus Milwaukee? Um, I think it was more, I think it was more like half and half, I guess. Um, I, well, we definitely okay. had more dudes, but we were also just like, like pretty like, we were pretty young. Um, uh, mm. and I think a lot of people were like right out of college. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons, especially when I look back at a lot of like my earlier writing, I'm, I'm kind of like, Oh, I was still figuring out like what I thought was funny. It's definitely like, I write a lot about being a woman in my sketches and I don't even kind of realize I'm doing it, 
but I look when I was going through to find like my first sketch, I was like, I thought, look, I write a lot about, I was looking at stuff from like 2013, 2014. A lot of my stuff was about like adolescence. And I was like, oh, I'm still trying to, I was like, I am figuring out what I think is funny still. And like, I was like, oh, I definitely have stuff I'm trying to say about like this period of time. And like, I think it's, I obviously think it's like funny. Um, and I think our, I think our team nerds on fire was definitely game to play with that stuff. But I think mm-hmm. we didn't have enough writers that like knew what, like how to, how to talk about it. Cause I was a writer. And then I think we had like two more writers on the team. We like, we didn't have enough writers. Uh, oh goodness. That's, that's yeah. I, I was kind of expecting that. Like it was like all hands on deck, like everyone. Yeah, I mean, people would contribute, but then it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was mostly a team of actors. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which I have noticed and I don't, I don't mean this to sound bad in any way, but I have noticed that New York City teams are uh, very performance heavy compared to, or at least, or at least maybe that's like a a stereotype of like the New York City sketch scene. Interesting. I mean, that, is that, that really, there's a more actor feel? I mean, that was. It's definitely. I wonder if it's because like comedy's kind of blowing up right now so I, I wonder if it's just like a lot of people um whether they're comedians or not are just like we should put together a team <laughs> um whether yeah. or not they actually know how to write um <laughs> like because I mean I certainly didn't I like I I was brought onto the team as an actor and then I like learned how to write I was like oh I don't totally know what I'm doing I'm, I'm gonna learn how to write comedy <laughs> um but yeah like our team was a was our indie team nerds on fire was like pretty much all actors. And then we had like two people that actually knew something about writing comedy, like knew what game was. <laughs> and then the rest of us were all just kind of like figuring it out. Like I look back at some of my early sketches and they're like seven pages long and I'm like, Whoa. yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very against that. Yeah, now, it's like, like, it's so, yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, and so it's yeah it's kind of a bummer you're like oh that's like a sketch 101 thing you like you got to figure out before you get on a team um yeah i've heard uh because i've gone through some of the sketch classes here in philadelphia and like i've heard stories that one of the teachers uh if you had brought in a a sketch that was over five pages he would just stop reading at page five yeah that's 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 kind of smart though like you can (laughs) can an audience through that (laughs) Yeah, uh, I've had a couple of people like doing this podcast bring in like a seven page sketch. I'm just like, oh, oh goodness. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we do have to read all this, but I don't yeah, want to. Yeah, that's, and this, I mean, so much of it, a lot of the time, I mean, even when I look at this, I'm just kind of like, ooh, like I see where like, some of the stage directions are kind of like, huh? What the heck is this? Like, you just kind of yeah. see your like rookie mistakes and you're like, well, I said I'd bring in a first sketch. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's what this yeah. is for. The, looking back on those rookie mistakes. Yeah. Okay, so um, so you do have Milwaukee on top of your solo work. Yes. Um, and and I always ask people when they do multiple projects, but I feel like that answer is pretty obvious. Like, how do you differentiate your ideas for either going to Milwaukee or your own solo sets? I mean, sometimes I don't. <laughs> um, sometimes, if, like, I definitely blend. Like I, I do a little of both. 
like I have, like I mentioned like this, like tampon sketch that I brought. That was that, that's definitely like a group sketch. There's no, like, it's like, you know, four people. It's, it's like, a, you can't do it by yourself. Yeah, like. it's, it, that is for like a group. And I have a lot of ideas like that that are like, Oh, what if it's like a bunch of people in an office and it's, you know, whatever. But then sometimes I do have these character ideas that I'm like, Oh, I want to work this out um, with my team. And it can, and it could definitely translate to a character piece. Like I brought in this sketch to Milwaukee recently. That's inspired by one of my neighbors uh, down the hall from me. And um, it's basically like this nosy neighbor. And um, she's kind of like tormenting um, the, like the character and the character's inspired. The character that I would play is the nosy neighbor. And I'm then I'm cast one of my teammates as the role that's like inspired by me. Um, and I'm like, oh, this could easily translate into just a character piece. Um, and mm. so I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I have this piece and it can easily be a character monologue if I just like remove the other people. Cause it's just a, it's like a, it's mostly monologue with some interjections, but I, I'm definitely writing it as a sketch. So I, yeah, the, the idea that some of your characters uh learning how to make them either bounce off another character or just bounce off the audience's perspective like expectations or perception of that character like has to be a very useful skill like yeah it didn't like it happened by accident the first time like i because i had this character sketch for from like my first magnet team that it went over very well it ended up in like one of our like best of shows for magnet. And I was like, man, I really love this sketch. And I, I brought it to my, I, I tried to make it into a monologue for my, my character class that I took at UCB. And my teacher was like, can I ask if this came from a sketch? Cause she was like, it right now. <laughs> I was like, yes, in fact it did. And she was like, that's totally fine. She was like, there's a way to, and she, and she like ended up like talking to the class about this. Like she's like, there's a way to take these existing pieces from sketches and make them into a monologue and it end, mm. and now it's like one of my stronger character pieces and I was like oh I can like and I ended up like digging through like kind of my back catalog of character sketches I wrote and I was like I was like oh there's totally a way to do this for like a lot of the stuff I've written because it feels I was like oh it feels weird to like put to bed some of these characters that I've written that are in these existing sketches when there's like one or two other characters and I have these like long like monologues or these beats that are like I have got all these jokes in there and I'm just like, Oh, now I got to come up with all these new characters, which is doable. But I'm like, I got stuff that I really like and I would love to do again, but I need like two other people. Yeah. And like the history of sketch comics, creating characters and doing just monologues with those characters is rich. Like that's like, like I've gone out to LA called like, Oh, I've, I've seen a bunch of like the groundlings work. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the first things that they go through is creating these characters that can, you know, abide on their yeah. own or be put into a situation with other other things to react yeah, upon. Like, yeah. You mentioned that there was another magnet team. Yeah, this is my third magnet team, actually. Oh, yeah, goodness. I've been on I've been on my first one was called Chillionaire, and then I was one called on one called Mama's Boy, and now I'm on Milwaukee. So okay, um you had mentioned that uh nerds on fire you know basically started out with mm -hmm. at the pit and like you know got the residency there so why 
is have you noticed a difference between the philosophies or the the performance performance at pit versus magnet um i've i've noticed there's something about just like the energy of the every time like a show starts at the magnet they're just this kind of like buzz in this like i don't know this community thing or that happens between the like audience and like us backstage like we like we like bang on the backstage wall and they're like clapping in rhythm with us and it just feels so cool and like it I have really loved the magnet and I really um am am very happy to be there um it's I I really did get over there I think I think it's really fun and really cool and I felt this really I felt this this like great support and freedom to I mean to do all this like character stuff it's also like where I kind of discovered I was a character performer. So maybe that's why the timing Mm. of it all worked out. And I still do stuff at the pit. I did a show at the pit two weeks ago. Like I still do stuff there and I have started doing stuff at UCB. So I I do feel like, Oh, it's all good, (laughs) but uh, everywhere's great. (laughs) But the pit, um, I don't know. I guess I just, and like they have, you know, that's where I started doing comedy. So I'll, I'll always have a soft spot there. I guess I just, it feels like, um, I don't know. I guess it's not as, um, every time I'm there, I I see people that I know and love. So it, it, that has like a great sense of community too, but magnet uh, has felt very special, um, for some reason, maybe it's just the people that I've met there or just that energy that I was talking about of like, right. As a show is starting, it just feels like really, there's like this kind of like heat that kind of happens and it's really cool. Um, and I've just seen so many, um, great performers there that um comedy's like it, it's crazy because it's like I can't believe that like I was like oh this was here this whole time <laughs> like uh I didn't realize like I had never performed there until my first show and I'd never seen a show there until my first show and I was like I didn't know all these people were here that's I just felt like I felt like <laughs> such a dumb dumb I was like this is crazy this is like just you know, uh, a couple avenues over from where I've been performing for like three years. Um, and I was like, Oh wow, these people are so good. Um, so yeah, I just, I really love it there. Yeah. I have to admit that outside of uh, being part of this festival and seeing submissions from teams at the magnet, I magnets, the one I haven't been to in New York mm-hmm. city yet. And I need to fix that soon. And come up for a show or two yeah i think it's yeah i think it's great and i mean yeah it's uh i I, yeah i felt i was like oh i just i just had no clue i think it's they're really just doing a a really good job of just sort of um getting new people in and just the kind of maybe maybe they weren't like promoting the program enough or something because i just had like no clue i was like oh i've heard that's a thing but i just didn't really like I don't know. I just had, I was like, I don't really have any reason to go. I'll just go to like the pit or UCB. And then, um, Mm. yeah, I don't know. I think it's been kind of just, it's been doing really well. All right. So as we wrap up here, uh, I ask people like, like, you know, I end every interview on the same two Mm -hmm. questions. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to be original or profound here. Uh, what is something that you've learned from comedy that you would pass on to a new writer? Like it could be something like technical about like about writing or something like even philosophical. If you want to get heady, I'll take, I'm perfectly happy with either. Yeah. Something I've learned from comedy that I would pass on to a new writer. Um, probably that like, 
like that it's possible. Like, I know that sounds really, <laughs> that sounds really vague, but like, like what, like whatever you can, whatever you are imagining, like your goal is like, it's totally possible. Um, I've had some like weird ups and downs in the past couple months in regards to like career and comedy, but like, um, it's all because I started doing comedy. Like it's just opened a lot of doors. Um, and it's just thing, things that weren't available to me before have kind of started to become more available because, uh, of comedy and things that I were, were like, was like, Oh, I always wanted this to be possible. And all of a sudden they're starting to become more possible. And I would, I would let them know that, <laughs> that like, they can, they can do things that maybe they didn't think they could, whether that's just like create characters that no one else is creating for them um, or, you know, get career opportunities that weren't there before. Like writing your own material just creates options that aren't that weren't there before. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing in the, in this new like landscape where there's so many outlets and just the fact that like you could do a comedy show on like even like just talking about like television yeah. wise like like netflix who like there's so many channels and so many options and then even new york city there's so many theaters and performing spaces philadelphia the same like if you're creating your own work you're going to yeah. work if you absolutely. want to absolutely and like there are ways that people that the right people can see it. And I, it doesn't feel like that all the time, but like you, you can, you can make it, you can make stuff happen in ways that you're, that are like unexpected. And then finally, uh, why comedy? Like, I think we've touched on it a little bit, like discovering that comedy was more your wheelhouse. Uh, but why is comedy how you spend part of your career your extra time your free time like you're gonna travel to do comedy shows in other cities like why comedy because it's the funnest it's like so much more fun than other stuff (laughs) (laughs) um yeah because it's uh because comedy rules because the people are way more fun and uh yeah because comedy is the most fun i've ever had um yeah (laughs) Yeah, whenever I talk to actors, like there's, there's a part like or people that have way more acting experience than I do, uh, like I can appre- like I can appreciate that they would love to do like a you know a Shakespearean tragedy, but there's a part of me that's like I don't want to be in that headspace. Like I don't want to play King Lear. Yeah, like every day for weeks. Like that sounds exhausting. Yeah, yeah, and you know like maybe someday again, that would be a cool thing, but I don't know. Like this is, this is like the greatest, like, you know, um, like I feel like there's a reason that I like when I, I prefer to listen to comedy podcasts. Like I prefer to watch comedy. Like I'm like, I just, I, I love comedy and I always have. And it's just like to get to, you know, write and perform it with, people that I just genuinely love hanging out with. Like, it's just, it's a great, it's a great time, you know? And like anytime that I'm not doing it, I'm like at some, I'm like usually at like a a day job or a temp job that like sucks. And I'm like reminded, I'm like sitting next to someone that works in like finance or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, like that sucks. (laughs) 
so sorry you <laughs> chose that. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, this is, no, it's, it's the greatest. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, doesn't always pay the most and, or at all. Uh, and it can be super stressful, but like, I think it's a great, I think it's, yeah, I just think it's the greatest. And the stress of creating a good joke, a, a good line is way different than the stress of a yeah, number yeah, of other like things. Whatever, like, whatever, you know, finances. I don't know. I don't know what that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if, if we, if we're not going to bomb the stock stock yeah. market, like <laughs> if our joke yes. doesn't land. All right. Uh, all right. I think that's everything for me for now. So awesome. Thanks, Thank you. Like I said before, Kate Shine is coming to Philly Sketch Fest. First with Milwaukee on Friday, May 31st in the 7 p.m. block. And then as a solo act later that night in the 9 p.m. block. Both of those shows are going to be at the Philly Improv Theater second stage. If you're in New York City, you can catch Milwaukee in their normal monthly slot at the Magnet Theater on May 20th. And this summer, they'll be heading to the 6th Borough Comedy Festival in Jersey City in June and the Portland Sketch Fest in July. My first sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketch Fest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.